Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Liner Notes. Uh, these are the reflections of kids who were born in the 80s, grew up in the 90s, and it, we. my name is Philip Kerrigan, and I am the co-host of Liner Notes. I could not do this by myself because it would be super boring. Just talking with myself. <laughs> I am joined try. by. I'm I, joined by. I'm Heather Lucas. Yes. And I'll talk at you, so that way you can have something to reflect off of, yes. and we'll sound amazing together. I know. I know. We we have great chemistry. Oh, bus We do. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so <laughs> I never say that again. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. So this is the scope of recent history through the eyes of kids who were born in the '80s, grew up in the '90s. The liner notes of history. We mm. keep describing what a liner note is. We won't have to do this forever are you sure i hope not uh but we are at the beginning stages of this podcast so we have to explain what liner notes are do it for those who don't know what liner notes are when you get a cd right and you uh pop it in wait what's a cd no (laughs) (laughs) that's true boom good point good point a cd is this flat disc that you used to get that actual music was played on Mm. it was the transition from the record to the tape to MP3 and apparently records, which has apparently become a huge yeah. seller now. Well, CDs are probably the next record, right? Yes, they are. However, yeah. records now have officially replaced CDs as the second most seller. I mean, what? I swear to God. That's weird. Yeah, but anyway, actually within records too, because this is actually mm. a term that came from the record industry. It did, yeah, yes. liner notes. Liner notes. Uh, but what happens is you pull out the booklet, you you, you read the uh, lyrics or the stories, you see the illustrations and all sorts of different things. That is called the liner note. And the reason why we called this show the liner notes, number one, is because, of course, every CD came with almost yeah, a liner note. Yeah. And the second thing is it was not... The reason why you bought the CD, it was not the it was not the whole point behind the musical experience, yeah. but it added to it added to the, the musical music. experience. It was a supplement. That's correct. Yeah, the '90s are a supplement to the rest of 20th century's history. There you go, folks. Oh, uh, we're so weird. Yeah, of course it's we're It's a weird it's generation. Whatever. We are a weird generation. Yeah. We are we are also the generation that is like not labeled in any way. Like, hey, you're a zennial. Shut your mouth. At best, we're Generation X or Millennial. Mm. Right. We're in between. We're, We're elder millennials. You said you hated that term, right? Elder millennials? Yeah. yeah that, you that sucks, that? man. Yeah. Elder millennials are horrible. You don't want to be a sage? <laughs> I mean, I do want to be a sage. Yeah. But when you say elder like millennial. Like if you had to RPG, you'd be like, oh, I'm the sage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that is what liner notes mean. We are going through the last decade in history of the 20th century. And lots of people consider it a a, a, a sort of like <laughs> cliff note to the rest of the yeah, to the rest of the twentieth yeah. century. So that's what we do here, and we are going to review some of the cool things that happened in the nineties, some of the consequential things that even happened in the two thousands, but uh, through the lens of kids who grew up in their mm-hmm. formative years in the nineties. Yeah, and that's what we do. Yeah, yeah. So today we're talking about. The grunge movement. We are. Specifically, though, Nirvana, because the grunge movement has so many elements in it, we don't want to just limit ourselves to talking about a huge grunge movement. Yeah. Right? There are a ton of bands in there. Well, the the grunge movement has so many elements for us. Mm-hmm. If you were just to talk about the grunge movement, they'd be like, yeah, okay, Nirvana, you got Pearl Jam, you might have Stone Temple Violets, and they're done. Yeah. Alice in Chains, maybe done. Right. Yeah. But for us, we're going to... Maybe gonna... even not even naming bands, just Nirvana. 
Yeah, well, that's unfortunately that's what a lot of people yeah. just say. Grunge, but it Nirvana. actually was something it was we a whole lived thing. through. It was a whole thing, and we were you know of sound mind and body. That's correct. Yeah. And so actually, this is funny because these are the first CDs I remember reading the liner notes for. Yeah, were were the Grunge '90s ones? bands right? Okay. Like Stone Temple Pilots, which is my number one. We'll talk about that later. Yes, we will. Uh, <laughs> But all those all those bands had uh, the CD that had mm-hmm. liner notes in it where you read the lyrics and they had this very cool art and all this sort of different Dude, okay, I gotta ask. Were you disappointed if you opened, like you got a new CD mm-hmm. and you were like, I'm into this band yeah. or I heard, the, I heard one song on the radio and you were just like, I'm gonna go get I'm it. I'm gonna go get the CD. You go get it. You open it up, you unveil everything, you like rip off that weird yes. plastic yes. stuff at the top that's got the name of the band. Yes. I used yeah. to save those. Yeah. I used to have like a box full of them. But like you you rip off that because sometimes they're a little hard the to best, get into. Do you know the best way to get that off? I do. Remember? I learned I learned you later. You pop the bottom of the you CD. You pop the bottom off and then you, and you rip, rip it, it off. off. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Kids but, don't even have to experience no, that today. But that was something you had to learn because the first, right. I don't know, like right. seven years of me trying to figure this out, I was like, son of a bitch, trying to like use a little nail to try to like Agreed. peel it up. Ah, frustrating. Man. And then you saw like something on the internet, which was still new. And then it showed you a link. Oh my I'm God. Sorry, you I'm saw silly. a friend do it. You saw a friend do it. That uh, was how I remember. I remember a friend of mine. I had a friend do it, and I was who like, was well versed in so CD smart. purchasing. Yeah, well versed. And he popped that bottom off, and you're like, oh shit, that's genius. Wow. But were you ever disappointed when you got a new CD? You were like, I'm gonna, I'm going to, like, I'm take going it all. To it's take gonna be full it musical. It's experience. gonna be everything. If mm-hmm. you open it up, you saw the cover. I know where you're going. You saw the back. There was just two pages. Yep. That was the worst. That was. And you felt like, number one, it was either a Why band. Why you ripped me off? Yeah, it was either a band that didn't have a lot of money behind mm-hmm. it, right? It was an indie band, right? Because, mm-hmm. uh, spoiler alert, kids, indie bands actually existed back in the day. <laughs> there were bands that had to go on tour and work super hard to get their CD and released. And they played terrible arenas. Yeah. And when I say arena, I mean bar. Right. They'd play <laughs> a bar. They'd play the bar. So I remember going to a few shows where you would go to a bar or a place like that. And the band that you wanted to see would be the last band. Yeah. Right? They wouldn't go until like yeah. 10. But the band before them was pretty fucking good. Yeah. And you were like, wow, who's oh, this? They're pretty good. And you'd go up and you'd buy their CD because mm-hmm. there's no other place mm-hmm. to buy it. Yeah. And those would be the bands who had nothing yeah. in their liner notes, yeah. right? Uh, real, like, I Made It were big time mm-hmm. bands had huge booklets. Yeah, yeah. And it had the lyrics in them, and sometimes it had. Uh, like cool stories in them yeah. or a cool illustration. And remember when you would open up a CD and it was like a cardboard CD? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like when yeah. you got the exclusive shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I kind of feel, though, one of the bands we're going to talk about focus on Nirvana. Yeah. I feel like they did this thing where they were like, hey, notebooks. We write all of our lyrics in notebooks. Yeah. We make drawings in notebooks. We do this stuff. They were one of the bands who was like, we're not going to print all this stuff. We're not going to type it all up. It's not going to be fancy. We're just going to give you what we did. Yeah. It might be garbage, but it's garbage. You can enjoy it and experience with us because this is how we did it. We're going to, we're obviously going to get into Nirvana. I have very strong opinions about all of Nirvana. Yeah, I'm excited. So we'll talk about this because I, because we may lose, we may lose the two listeners we have. Yeah. Well, I'm sure your mom is probably not going to listen to Nirvana. My mom doesn't like Nirvana anyway. But I mean, hello, Mrs. Kerrigan. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
let's get into what grunge yeah, actually so is. Grunge, okay. You've got like some some technical details about what a grunge is. Uh-huh. So the Seattle sound is one of the terms that was used in uh-huh. the like eighty nine to ninety five kind of realm. Let's talk about what music was coming out before Before grunge. that was hot butt rock. I like it to was. call it butt rock, it's my favorite term. Yes. But it's hair metal. It's, it's poison. Poison. Warrant. Warrant. Uh, you've got Motley Crue in there. Guns and Roses. Motley Crue and Guns and Roses were a little harder than Poison and Warrant, mm-hmm. but you've got a mix of these kind of bands where they're like, we're about Flash. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi, Smiley Happy Rock. That's right. Right. That's right, right. Um, Def Leppard. Def oh, Leppard was Def perfect. Def Leppard was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you might have your random one band that was women, Vixen. Remember them? Yep, I remember them. But short of that, short of that, the mainstream stuff that was happening was you got mainstream shit. Yeah, it was MTV. Thank you, Aerosmith. Yeah, it was it was those sort of things, and and it was real. Like the music was heavy, heavy guitar chords, but like you had ballads. Remember ballads? Flashy guitar chords, right? They were not like Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, Van Halen, big one, big one, huge one. And so you, and they were huge. You would call them, and Kurt Cobain did. You would call them like corporate rock. Yeah, is basically what you would call yeah. them. Yeah, they were, they were really sanitized. Yeah, and they were over the top. They were formulaic, very big sure. formulaic yeah. ones, right? You always had the same thing going on. Then in the late eighties, early nineties, there was this counterculture to that. Yeah, it's like a big backlash. And it was an answer, it was our generation's answer to being fed music like that, Mm -hmm. right? We didn't like that music. Yeah. And so we got, we felt like we wanted to hear something that felt authentic. Yeah. And that is where I think you take over. That is where the space of the Seattle Sound or Grunge came in. Yeah. We were looking for something authentic that sounded real. Didn't yeah. even have to really be good. Yeah. We just wanted to be real. Because, like, if you look at some of the lyrics for some of these bands who fit into the Seattle Sound, mm-hmm. they are idiotic. <laughs> Absolutely. Where yeah. you're just like, I can't believe I was I don't even understand half this. of them. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the appeal, too, right. where you're just, like, kind of like, nah, 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 This guy's nah. a deep thinker yeah. or something? But no, you know, no. Yeah, I agree. Like, what does that even mean? Right. No, that's not a thing. So, yeah, after after all this kind of music moved through, and we had our corporate sounding, it, of course, every kind of genre gets to the point where it's like, it peaks, and then it starts to crumble and fall apart that's until the next point. thing comes in. That's a good point. So grunge came in. That's a good point, yeah. because I think that we'll see that at some point with pop and hip hop. Oh, we will, absolutely. Right? That whole idea that you'll get to a certain point where people will be tired of it, and mm-hmm. they'll be searching for something else. Because it does feel like right now, if you had to say, who is the reigning musician? What's the reigning sound right now? We had this hot moment where it was like auto-tuned stuff. You had a lot of pop out there, and then you had a lot of rap out there. And right now, it does seem like we're still kind of like the rap is, is like, it's right there mm-hmm. on the apex, kind mm-hmm. of maybe is going to go down. That's right. Something else has got to swoop in that's right yeah and eventually it will yeah that's and just the cycle it's a cycle yeah. of music and what we like and you get to a certain point where you're like man this is like i've heard this same sound a million times yeah that maybe we'll talk about it a little bit that is to me what ends up being the death of grunge yeah is that a new sound every sound ends up sounding like mm-hmm. that and then a new sound comes in and go right. and you go so yeah, we, we, yeah we'll talk yeah. about that a little bit at the end sort of the death of grunge mm-hmm. and why it happened yeah yeah 
But anyway, so yeah. yeah, we got this corporate rock. We lead into grunge. Yeah, so we lead into grunge, and it's very much like a counterculture thing. Mm-hmm. We are done. We don't want to listen to you anymore. Yep. Forget you and all of your tie-wearing fools. We're going to come in here, and we're going to make some noise. Yep. So um, Seattle Sound is, like, I feel very connected to it. Okay. Because it's, like, here. Yeah, it's ours. We, um, we yeah, are based... We are here. In Seattle. Like, we're both not, like, literally from here. Yeah. We're both from the Midwest. Hey, go! Oh, oh, Yeah, you know it. <laughs> but we're here in Washington. Yeah, and, we like, grew up here. We grew up here. Yeah. So anytime music happened here... It musicians was cool. happened here. It was like half oh. of you was okay with the music, but the other half of you was like, wow, like they're from proud. our place. It's my place. Yeah. Yeah. And my place is out there on the yeah. on the stage. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, super fucking cool. So um, I, I didn't know about the grunge pioneers okay. when I was a kid. Like, for me, like, it was just like, oh, Nirvana, they're, they started it. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. But uh, before Nirvana came of, like, of... Uh, popularity. Popularity, right? Yeah. The Melvins were the big deal. Uh-huh. They were kind of like the slow, hard... You could say weird. A lot of people probably wouldn't like the Melvins. Right. I've seen the Melvins a couple times. One of my first concerts was uh, Lollapalooza 96. Okay. Metallica was the headliner. My mom took me. Hi, Mom. <laughs> Um, she loved Metallica, so she took me. But okay. um, Soundgarden was like number two. Yeah, so it was man. like, oh my God, I'm at the Gorge and this is our band. Right? It was exciting. Yeah. So at that particular concert, the Screaming Trees played. Oh, yeah. Screaming right? Trees. Ellensburg. Okay. Yeah. And then the Melvins played. Yeah. And I was like, Mom, we got to go see these ones. I yeah. knew the Melvins were important, but I didn't know why because yeah. I was a shitty 14 year old. Yeah. And I didn't do research because the internet wasn't a thing for me sure. quite yet. I mean, right, but it, right, it did. Right. I, you know, I wasn't using my school time on the internet. Oh, no way. I did read Dracula on the internet, I got to tell you, oh, in wow. one of my classes, but wow. I didn't research the Melvins, sadly. However, the Melvins were there, and we saw them. And my mom and I looked at each other like, what the fuck is this? Mm-hmm. But they were kind of like a pioneer for Nirvana. Okay. Also the Beatles. Nirvana loved the Beatles. Did you know that? I did know that. Yeah. I did know that. So you take the Melvins, that slow, grinding kind of guitar, yeah. what are you saying sound, mm-hmm. and you mix in the Beatles pop, <laughs> Nirvana. Yeah. Yeah, and then that was how it was born. I mean, yeah. really, it was, it, it, let's be honest. I mean, what's funny about people who are grudge fan, grunge fans is that you is that you have a natural um, opposition yeah. to, like, commercial success, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, that's the whole point behind grunge. That, yeah. That's what if made If we it, succeed, it's not because right, of that's what made, money. That's what made Kurt Cobain so tricky mm-hmm. was because he hated success and yet he was wildly successful mm-hmm. so a grunge was built on this thing that like what it was was it was yours individually yeah. yes and you were experiencing it individually yes and then when it began to become mass produced you hated every minute of it you felt that they mm-hmm. lost this aura of individualism yeah right and you it, felt betrayed you felt a little bit betrayed mm-hmm. because they, they had started to make sounds that were just like every other song they'd made. Mm-hmm. When what you loved about it was that the sound was different every time. Yeah. And so in comes Nirvana. They 
start to blow up. And I, and honestly, I don't really know. I, I was only 11, so I don't really know why they blew up. I don't really remember what it was that made them blow up, but they had this groundswell. Yeah. Right? And their first album was, I think it was Bleach. It was, yeah. Um, which was obviously popular in Seattle, but it didn't really get much commercial mm-hmm. acclaim. It was the ultimate record, which was Nevermind. Yeah. That was the one. Yeah, uh, I have a quote here from Rolling Stone about that particular record. Mm-hmm. Let's see. The album was so powerful that within a few months, it displaced Michael Jackson's Dangerous to become the best-selling album in the United States. Yeah, and it was about the angst of it. That was the big thing. I think what it played on was uh, the angst of, you know, we were feeling, uh, our generation in particular was feeling ignored or yeah. it was feeling like... Um, the 80s had really run roughshod over our over like our experience, mm-hmm. right? The 80s became about excess and huge yeah. and all these sort of different and things. And we just had to accept it. Yeah, and then we were told that this was the way it was mm-hmm. and to accept it and that was it. Yeah. We were told by the people who in the 1960s <laughs> didn't accept anything. Right? Yeah. Well, this I, is music. Right? It was so ironic because our parents, of course, were part of the protest generation. Mm-hmm. Right. And then by the time the 90s comes, we're told to respect your authority. Yeah. Right. Even though you respected no authority. You're like, I hate authority. What are you talking about? (laughs) That was what was so I think that was where the moment came into play. So I remember um, I was probably 12. Like when I started to listen to my own music, Uh I'd say I was about 11, maybe 12 years old. Yeah. 11, 12. Um, I grew up with country music because mm. my dad drove the car and that's what we listened to. If we didn't mm-hmm. listen to talk radio, which when I was a kid was the most boring oh, thing man, it was on like nails the radio. in your eardrums. Yeah. And now you're just like, ooh, what are they talking about on the radio? <laughs> you no, know, I really heard this fantastic thing yeah. on PBS. Let me listen to this podcast that talks about this one subject. I know, for right? How man, how we become our parents. Yeah, gross. Let's all, all right. vomit on each other. <laughs> so. Like, talk radio, country music, and then, like, I'd be in the car with my mom, and she'd put on KISW, mm-hmm. listen to rock and roll, and I was like, yep. oh my good lord, what is this? I know, I know. But, as I became kind of my own person, I started to listen to Cube 93. Oh yeah, Cube 93, yeah. which was hip-hop. It was pop. hip-hop, yeah. So, I, I branched out a little, and I was like, alright, so I, go, I would go between KSW, The Rock, and mm-hmm. Cube 93. Mm-hmm. And, at one point... Cube 93 started to play Nirvana. That's correct. And I was just like... Mid-90s. What? Stone Devil Pilots, Nirvana, what? Soundgarden, yeah, the whole night. They played Jimi Hendrix on Cube 93. They did. They'd mix them up with like DJs, but it was just like, wait a minute, what in the hell is know, happening I here? I know. That was one of those moments where I was like, oh, this yeah. is going to be huge and yeah. it's going to be over soon. Yeah. So Nirvana has some pretty seminal moments. Yeah. They, they obviously, Nevermind comes out and, and it becomes enormous, a huge mm-hmm. hit. I think it played on the angst that our generation was having. Yeah. Which was to, we were really starting to question authority. We were trying mm-hmm. to question, you know, all the things that had been fed to us. And then there was, they're unplugged. Which you yeah. could argue is one of the greatest unplugs. Oh, it is. I think it's ever. the greatest unplugged. 
I'm but you're, yeah, like I would argue different, but you know. Shut up. So <laughs> I, I, I loved, uh, I loved Nevermind because it was one of those like this is pushing stuff. It sounds more like, hey, we actually have the opportunity to spend money on equipment and record us. Yeah, you know, like it. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah, but like they had two albums other than that. They had Insecticide and they had In Utero. Uh, yes, that's okay. right. That's and right. then they did their Unplugged, and then Grunge died. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, um, I, I'm i a fan of Weirdos, and, like, I loved Insecticide. Okay. I loved it. I mean, probably for me, like probably for me, it would go Nevermind and then their Unplugged. Yeah? Yeah, that would be yeah. the two things that I liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, a rare little thing is that, like, like... Nirvana has a tree that comes out of it. I mean, they do because Dave Grohl. Oh, so he's one the time, uh, for those of you who don't know, Philip and I used to work together, and that's, we used to work in the Capitol building. That's correct, and we met. Mm-hmm. And um, one time, I was walking down the hall, living my best life, and one of my coworkers was talking to Chris Novoselic, and I almost shit my pants. Yep. I almost shit. Did you my ever meet pants. him? No. I met him. You did because I was on vacation the week he that's, came. That's correct. And I was like, son of a bitch. You know, what's so funny is that Ugh. like I, I, I mean, I, w- I was like, hey. You're like, hey, what's up? I don't care about n- you. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I wasn't fanboying. Over. No, I, I totally fangirled. I fangirled in the hallway. Mm-hmm. I fangirled, and then I was like, um, hey, uh, Brian, uh, do you was that uh, um, uh, uh, maybe? And he was like, oh, do, you don't know him, Chris? Chris Novacelic. He, he just shows up. Yeah. You know, he's one of my buddies. <sighs> what? Yeah. No. So I, I yeah. would argue with everyone that the that the most talented member of that band was Dave Grohl. Mm-hmm. Right, because Dave Grohl has gone on to be the drummer, lead singer, he bassist, can play every guitarist. Instrument. He's incredible. He's a lovely he's the man. Biggest rock star, in my opinion, Dave Grohl is the biggest rock star in the world. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he he he's a lovely man. Like he's mm-hmm. great with kids. Yeah. He's, he's just a good he's dude. Smart. He's fun. He plays amazing music. The Foo Fighters, of course, Ugh. was his band. Ugh. Afterwards, yeah, um, I was so proud. Took off to probably levels higher than even Nirvana. Yeah. I was so proud when that Foo Fighters, the first record, came out, mm-hmm. and then he like recruited band members, his yeah. friends, and then they made more music. Queens and they're of the Stone Age, making music. Oh, yeah, Queens yeah, of the yeah. Stone Age, come yeah, on! Yeah. Like he still makes music today that you're like, yep. So like let's it. so let's get into this. Okay, what? Uh, we're going to talk about <laughs> the best grunge bands. Yeah. Because ironically, yeah. Nirvana isn't even my favorite grunge band. Huh. How did I know that? So let's talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. So let's talk about your your favorite grunge bands. Let's go, your, let's go high fidelity on people. Oh, snap. Okay. And let's go top five. Okay, so top, top five, five. Your top five best grunge okay. bands. Okay. Now, um, if we're talking grunge, like Nirvana is definitely in there. They are probably gonna. One? They're probably gonna be number one. Wow! Because to me, grunge is defined by Nirvana. Like, okay. They they took they the movement. The, they were the, they were the guys. They those were mainstream. They they, yeah, they did mainstream it right. And like, um, of all the CDs I still have on my shelf, I can tell right now I have at least two Nirvana ones over there. Okay. Maybe three. Okay. Yeah. Um, Pearl Jam would be another. 
We're going to discuss this. Don't roll your eyes at me. Okay. Alice in Chains. Screaming Trees. Mm-hmm. What is that? Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Screaming Trees. Okay. One more. And I'm going to throw Candlebox in there. Wow. They are they are really cute. See, this is this... what this is what I like about grunge, though. Yeah, this is what I like about grunge what? because grunge is that independent sensibility. Yeah, right. Like very few people put Candlebox in their top five, yeah. but then everybody always puts one in there yeah. that is like a thrown off one. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about Candlebox mattered to me. Right. Yeah. And for me, it was probably screaming like trees mattered. Mud honey was probably yeah. Mine, like, see, snuck in there. Yeah. All right, so you're ready? Your top five. Let's I'm go. I'm going to disappoint some people. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna excited. Disappoint. Well, it depends. Do we classify? <laughs> let's let's solve the debate now. What? Do we classify Stone Temple Pilots as grunge? Yes, because they had albums that came out in 1991 through 1999. Okay, well, then or that's... 2001? Well, then that's... 2000, Wyland. That solves it. Yeah. Stone of Pilots is number one with I a bullet. Yeah. There's no question. Yeah, I knew Stone it. Stone of Pilots is one of my all-time preferred bands, period. I want you to say Nickelback for some reason. <laughs> what? And well, it doesn't fit. Why, I would, I, why would I Just say Nickelback? Just because it'd be funny. Oh, God. Get out of here. It'd be funny. Uh, so Hashtag it, Jerrica Ferguson. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, so, certainly, Stone of Pilots is my number one. Okay. It's my number one all-time preferred yeah. band. Ever. Ever. Really? Still uh, to this day? Absolutely. My okay. number one favorite all-time band. Uh, Stone Temple Pilots, Soundgarden, mm-hmm. Alice in Chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, I'm definitely going to, you know, I have to finally include them because they are still a seminal band. They are the the kickstarters of the movement. It's got to be Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Nirvana is my number four. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to say Screaming Trees as well. I, I mean, I really I really liked Screaming Trees a lot. I love Mark Lanigan. Oh, yeah. I love him. Yeah. Oh. I really I really liked Screaming Trees. Yeah. I man. thought they were good. I so love so them for me so it would much. go it would go the pilots, it would go Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, Mud Honey, and Screaming Trees. Okay. I liked all those bands. Yeah. I saw all of them live. Mm-hmm. I, li- I I bought multiple albums of each one. And then when their lead singers decided that they were too good for the band, sure. I bought their lead singers music yeah, yeah, too. Yeah. Right? Like I had I definitely had Jerry Cantrell. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I absolutely had Chris Cornell and yeah. Audio Slave. Mm-hmm. I bought anything Scott Weiland came out with, yeah. even though it was drugged up and weird. Yeah, I'm, you know but you, that makes it fun. Yeah, but you bought all of those things. Oh yeah, so those were my five. You know why you bought all those things? Because they were your people. They were. Yeah, absolutely. So this is another good question. I like this question that you came up with. How grunge were you? Yeah. When you came up, when you were a kid, yeah. how grunge were you? So I did feel like a bit of a poser because I look the way I look. <laughs> and, you know, like I'm naturally fair skinned and blonde. Mm-hmm. So I'm not supposed to like things that are, mm-hmm. you know, weird or dark. And I had myself a Kurt Cobain t-shirt in high school. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a Nirvana t-shirt. It was a yeah, Kurt Cobain t-shirt. Yeah. It was the one where it was like his photo and it had like his death date. It was weird. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Hey, you're weirdo. Yeah, yeah. But I wore that shirt until it was faded to a point where it was like, you you can't see much what's going on. I might still have it. I was not grunge at all. But I wore flannel. I was not grunge at all. No? I wasn't grunge at all. Like, I, I loved the music. Yeah. Loved the music. But I was so, like, buttoned up yeah. because of the way my mom yeah. raised us. That I wasn't grunge. Yeah, like I, I didn't. I didn't have the grungy, gross hair. My mom made a shower at night. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you had to shower, and like I was well fed, yeah. and you know all those sort of things. So I wouldn't. Exp- I wouldn't 
I wouldn't. Um, I mean, I didn't dye my hair. I didn't do that. Like, I wouldn't have classified myself as grunge. Yeah, I wouldn't even call myself depressed. No, you know, like, what I, mean? I think I was more of like a weirdo who doesn't know where they fit. Like that. That's the kind uh, of kid I was. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I'm not sure where I fit. But I guess I, I can guess be friends that is with grunge, all these right? people. Yeah, that is like, grunge. Like I could be friends with all of the kids in school, mm-hmm. and then I could be like, you know what? I actually don't like those kids. To I guess other that kids. is grunge, though, right? Yeah. Like you didn't know where you fit. Yeah. And I that definitely was the, didn't. That was the point behind grunge. I mean, I gotta too. say, like, some part of me as an adult is like, wait, where do I fit? I would, ex- I would definitely call myself more grunge when now? I was in my late teens. Yeah. No, today I'm okay. Like, okay, you're like, I know who the happy, fuck I am. Dopey sunshine guy, but like Aww. back then. <laughs> <laughs> in my late teens, I was certainly grunge, yeah. right? And and like by then, of course, it was new metal, so I yeah, was more yeah. new metal than I'd be grunge. Yeah. I've listened to all of the music from mm-hmm. the grunge era, but I wouldn't necessarily classify myself classify myself as a grunge kid. No, yeah, I feel like I like we were in it, but it was something too where you didn't want to be known as a grunge kid because, like, if you were a grunge kid, weren't you a sellout? Yeah, right. You were you were you were like listening to the mainstream or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I had my flannels. <laughs> I had my flannels. Yeah, I had my flannels. You know, like I was thinking about it the other day. Um, I haven't had a flannel since the nineties, the early nineties. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, he didn't really have flannels. Come on, man. yeah. I mean, like we didn't have flannels the beyond nineteen ninety five. Imposter syndrome, right? Right. Yeah, totally imposter have... syndrome. Yeah. I mean, the concept of the band shirt. It has been manif- oh, yeah. has been manifested today, of course, into that new shirt that is. I was, you look down. I was checking to see if I was wearing one of them because I have a few of them. So I'm like, that what the sh- fuck am I wearing? That shirt now that's like vintage looking, but isn't mm, vintage. Yeah, you bought yeah. it new. Yeah. The grunge shirt manifested itself. Yes, in that, it did. Right? Yeah. Today is that whole thing. That whole yeah. like grungy looking shirt. Yeah. Now the corporations have just corporatized it. Yes. And now at forty. I've absolutely taken care of that. Nice. I buy them up anywhere I can. I do have a um, a band shirt I bought at a concert, uh, Pearl Jam. This, so it's probably like I don't know at this point maybe twenty three years old. Mm-hmm. It's in my it's in my dresser right now. Interesting. Yeah, I okay. still wear that shit. Nice. I'm gonna wear that shit until I die. All right, yeah. I like it. All right, let's so let's get into let's get into the segment. Mm. This is a new segment for you. I can't, wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. You. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. This segment is called I Love It and You Do Not. And of course, I could be you or I could be me. And in this case, I love it and you, Philip Kerrigan, do oh, not. That's correct. Why do you hate Pearl Jam? Oh, oh, wow. You laid it right out there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, <laughs> did David Spade ruin it for you? No. So, first of all, uh, there was already there. There's already a weird back and forth between myself and Nirvana, even. Yes, I know. But that's all. But you recognize the greatness mm-hmm. because they are the ones who changed the game. Yes. Right. Pearl Jam, however. <laughs> <laughs> I am in love with this segment so much already. I know. Pearl Jam, however, did not change the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pearl Jam, led by the biggest diva. In grunge history, Eddie Vedder, mm. okay, uh, decided that they were going to go ahead and be the lesser competitors to Nirvana. It's a little bit like when the uh, New England Patriots go against anybody in the Super Bowl. Nirvana is the New England Patriots. They win. Yeah. They're really good. Mm-hmm. They're good at what they do. They kind of encapsulate the grunge thing because they are actually that. Pearl Jam is not the Jets' son. Come on. 
Nirvana made it big because their sound was organic and because they didn't apologize for what they were and love them or hate them. And I didn't super love them all that much. Mm-hmm. Love them or hate them. They were an original band with original songs that cut deep. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam made it because Nirvana made it big. Which you can say about every other band, though. Yeah, you could probably even say that about Stuntable Pilots. You can absolutely say However, that about However, I would argue that I think Scott Weiland is a light years better lyricist than Eddie Vedder ever was, ever could have mm. dreamed of being. Mm. Listen to all of Core. Listen to all of Purple. Like, Pearl Jam's 10 doesn't even and come I'm close. No Jeremy Spokane. And I'm going to throw Yield back in your face. What? Shut yield. the fuck up. Yield. Ah. Vitology. Uh, Vitology is bullshit. It is not bullshit. Bullshit. It is so good. There are moments of like, like Mm -mm. um, (laughs) sweeping. Vitology is Guns N' Roses. No. November Rain. No, it's not. Yes, it is. It is. It is the Pearl Jam version of November Rain. It is not. It is. How how could you even think that? It's them making it big. Yeah. Then using huge production to make over the top grunge songs. But guess who's around now? Pearl Jam. Yeah. Th- Eat a dick. Yeah, just because Eddie Vedder survived the 90s That's doesn't true. mean anything. I gotta tell you, when Kurt, survival when is Kurt now Cobain, what we're facing the Maybe. I mean, Kurt Cobain, when he died, I remember my mom was like, oh, no, that Eddie Vedder's the next to go. And I was like... That's what's hilarious, yeah. is everybody went after that. Yeah. Like, everybody. What's crazy about that time period is that everybody is gone, except for Eddie Vedder. He's like Dave the Girl. he's like the Ringo goddamn star. He is of the not fucking grunge. the Ringo star. He is, he Are is. you kidding he's a clownish? me? He is not clownish. The no, Pearl Jam. He is not clownish. There's no way. Curl, he has emotion oh. to his music. Pearl he, Jam is the Nickelback of the grunge era. They're not Nickelbacks. Yes, there. I mean, come on. They like, made one first song. Of all, they did not make one song. Made one song. They have a catalog. Everybody they loved like it, and then all of their songs sounded exactly the same. Like Stone Temple Pilots? That's not true. Like Stone Nirvana? Pilots, Stone Temple, not, that's not true. Every band sounds the same. Pearl Jam is the Rolling Stones. Oh my gosh. You cannot, you cannot be serious. There's mm-hmm. no way they're Pearl Jam. stop until Martin they're Scors- 105. Martin Scorsese would never put any Pearl Jam no, songs No, but in. some weird fucker's going to come along and direct some shit, and they're going to be like, you know who I'm going to do? Oh Pearl God. Jam. Oh, my God. And then Brendan O'Brien will show believe, up, and he'll produce you, it. I can't believe you just said Pearl Jam is Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. No, no, it's not fight even me. It's not even close. It's yeah, not even close. Fight Fucking fight me. They're epic. <laughs> and fight they you? Soar. The oh. The guitars are incredible. They allow, like, all the, all the people of the band, all five men in that band, write songs it's not just the lead singer oh well it's good for them yeah shut up they're all talented <laughs> i'm telling you uh, I'm no, no one's down no 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 every one's, single day oh you're not saying they're not talented. no one's doubting their talent no? yeah. they're definitely oh. more talented than i would ever be at music they're definitely talented sure, individuals but, uh, you hate them the hype behind them is ridiculous the hype behind them in the 90s is a different story than the hype behind them now yeah, I mean, in the 90s, it was a different story. Like, in the 90s, let me just read you a quote. Would you have classified them? Okay, let me hear this quote. Okay, so when... Do you remember Beavis and Butthead? Of course uh-huh, I remember. Ah, yeah, of course yeah. you do. We'll talk about that. So, when um, Beavis and Butthead were watching a music video, it was a Stone Temple Pilots video, and Beavis said, is this Pearl Jam? And it was mm. Plush. 
Remember Plush? Of course Plush, you do. an amazing song. It is a great song. Better than anything uh, lies, Pearl Jam ever came Lies, out. lies, No, there's no question. So, is this Pearl Jam Beavis Wonders? Butthead says, yeah, Eddie Vedder dyed his hair red. And then there's the other comment, the David Spade comment I made earlier. I understand. Do you remember this? When uh, I, get, I know what you're about Hollywood to say. Minute. Yeah. Yeah, I saw them once when they were called Pearl Jam. Okay, but, okay, okay. But who made Pilots. more long-lasting, resonant Pearl records? Jam. No, it's Stone Temple Pilots. How? Number How? four. Number four? Really? Number four? Yeah, number four. Matters? Yeah, it does. Oh. Have you heard number four? Yes, I have. It's better than anything late that Pearl no, Jam came out. No, number four is nothing compared to Yield. Number four came Eat out. my balls. Oh, that's not even true. Eat the yield, biggest balls. Yield is another... No, code yield. is better than number four. Not true. Yes. No, Yield yeah. is a carbon copy of another thing that they did before. <laughs> number four is at least mildly experimental. Nope. Shangri-La nope. Da. Is a better mm, record no. than, than than anything that Pearl no, Jam came out in around the 2000s. Not true. Not true. Pearl Jam started also, releasing live versions. Stone Temple Pilots were still producing like original shit. Sure, but then Pearl Jam was like, you know what we could do? A live version of every concert we're going to do, and we're going to do a hundred times. So the same goddamn thing we no, do all the time. It wasn't. It wasn't the same goddamn thing. But also, it's cool to say, yeah, we were able to make a hundred some odd records. You weren't. <laughs> I mean, I didn't make any. Oh, yeah, yeah. For the record, I made none. So, um, this will be something, a hill that I will die on. Well, we will agree Pearl to disagree. Jam we will agree forever. to disagree on this one. We I, will agree to disagree. I will always be Pearl Jam Fuck, me too. Yeah. I will die on the hill that Pearl Jam is the most overrated band of the grunge era. And I will There's say, no question in my you mind. can eat a dick, Pearl Jam's That's awesome. That's fine. That's mm -hmm, fine. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever you I think I need Pearl to Jam. do. It, it makes also, me very happy. I gotta tell you, cover songs. You know how bands do cover songs? Yeah. You're familiar with the concept. Uh, <laughs> yes. Pearl Jam cover songs, they're always fun. They're always great. They're always fantastic. Also, I've learned. Oh, so Pearl bands. Jam really takes other things that were made Fuck by somebody else and makes them their couch. <laughs> no, I have learned about new bands because of Pearl Jam. That's great. That's Thank fantastic. you. Fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the segment I Love It and You Do Not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. So, folks, moving on. Okay, we're going to go into a trivia segment now. Okay. I know that you love trivia. Mm, I do love trivia. You love trivia so much. Mm -hmm. Also, I got to tell you, um, this right here, uh, see that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's pretty grunge that I have food staining my podcast your, outline. Your podcast outline? That was uh, fajitas from El Serape. Nice. Thanks, El Serape. Sponsor us on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Mm. All right, let's see this. Okay, this trivia. I would like you mm -hmm. to give me... Now, this is probably going to be difficult. You're probably going to get the bands, not so much the records. Right. Okay. What are the top 25 grunge records according to Rolling Stone magazine? Yeah, this is going to be hard because yeah. I don't remember all of the like full-on names of them. Yeah, but yeah. it's definitely got to be Nevermind by Nirvana is up there. Yeah, Nevermind by Nirvana is actually number one. Yeah, 10 by Pearl Jam. Is number three. Huh, imagine that. Above Stone Temple Pilots. It doesn't fucking matter. I know. Rolling Stone's a hack magazine anyway. Oh, <laughs> look at that. It is. God, it doesn't even do music Corporate anymore. Corporate magazine it doesn't, sucks. Corporate magazine stuck. Right, exactly. Uh, I okay. will. I, Core and Plush both have got to be on there. Vitology's on there. So Core is uh, number 11. Yeah. 
Course number 11? Yeah. Bullshit. Now, Plush is a song. It's not a record. Oh, I'm sorry. So... Purple. 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 Okay, Purple is number 24. Uh, this is a bullshit. 11 and 24. Hey, it's a corporate magazine. What do you want? What do you want? This is so stupid. Or do you want to talk about Pearl Jam being better than the Stone Temple Pilots again? I don't want to talk about okay, how 25. Rolling Stone thinks 25. Okay, you've got... You've named, what, four of them already? I named four of them. Okay. Uh, Soundgarden... What's the one that had Spoon Man on it? The one that had Spoon Man was... Oh, fuck. It's right there. I see it. God damn it. Super Unknown. Super okay. Unknown. That's got to be up there. Um, so Super Unknown is number nine. Okay. Uh, There's a Soundgarden record that rates higher than Super Unknown. Really? Yeah, the nine. It's actually number two. So one is Nirvana, never mind. Three is Pearl Jam 10. What is number two? Soundgarden what? What is Soundgarden's number two record? I mean, Soundgarden... Over Super Unknown. Because Super Unknown, like, was the one that pushed them into Stratosphere. Yeah, I mean, for me, I thought I thought Super Unknown was the best. What about... Oh, yeah, Bad Motorfinger. Bad Motorfinger's number yeah, two. That yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, is uh, Down on the Upside on there? By uh, Soundgarden? No, no, okay, yeah. Hold on. That was Chains. a solid one. That was a solid one. Uh, Obviously, Dirt by Alice in Chains. Dirt is six. Uh, is it obviously Nirvana Unplugged is on there? Nirvana Unplugged is actually not on here at all. Let's so do they not consider so one, that an album? I don't know that they consider it an album, but they don't consider it part of the top 25. All right, read so. off the rest of the top 25. Okay, so we'll start at the, uh, we'll start at 25, okay? Because <sighs> this is where Stone Temple Pilots is, they're at the bottom, apparently. Well, no, Melvin's would be it. Okay, mm -hmm. Bullhead, which was 1991. Mm -hmm. Stone Temple Pilots is number 24 with purple. Whatever, stupid. <laughs> 23 is Soundgarden. Ultra Mega, okay. It's a 1988 mm -hmm. record. Okay. Okay. So Nirvana's, or Nirvana. So uh, Rolling Stone says number 22 is Various Artists Deep Six, 1986. I've never heard of it. Yeah, there's a reason. Number 21. This is nice. I like this. This one. Jerry Cantrell, Degradation Trip. Oh, that's a great one. Right? Degradation Trip is fantastic. But it's also like, look at that. Fucking Jerry Cantrell is making it on his own. You know, I met, you know I, I met Garrett, Jerry Cantrell in a bathroom. Really? Yep. Did it you was touch a, him? I did not. He was peeing. He was peeing. I was you peeing. And I went kind of like, him. hey, what's up? And that was it. Oh. I saw him perform live. It was amazing. Nice. So Jerry. And just him. And he was performing the songs from Degradation Trip. Nice. Great record. Well, Jerry Cantrell and Sean Kenny like to ride motorcycles around the area. So mm -hmm. you might see him someday. Okay. Yeah. Fun fact. Great one. Wow. Uh, I can't believe they put that up there. That's I cool. know. I know. It's That's really awesome. nice. It's really nice. So 20. Uh, Green River. Dry as a bone. Wow. You remember Green River? Yeah, I do yeah. remember Green River. Uh, 19, another kind of soundtrack compilation is the single soundtrack. Oh, I Isn't do that love adorable? that. Yeah. yeah, singles is a great movie and really encapsulated grunge. It did, but like you also had people like Paul Westerberg were on that, was on that record. Yeah. Like he's kind of outside the grunge thing, but I like that a lot. Yeah, it's That's nice. cool. It's That's nice. cool. Okay, um, Supergroup, number 18, Mad Season, Above. Remember that Mad record? Mad Season, yeah, that was uh, Pearl Jam and... No, was you're it, thinking Temple of the Dog. I am thinking Temple of the Dog. Wait a minute, wait a minute. That was, was uh, Mad Season Staley. was yes, Lane Staley and who's the other one? It was the guys who made Brad. Remember that band? Yes, yeah. that was a great Mad Season. Was an yeah. amazing band. 
Yeah, River of Deceit. Yes. Ugh. Oh, River of Deceit's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was good. That was real good. 17, Screaming Trees, Sweet Oblivion. Yep. For Great a record. reason. Great record. Yeah. I'm glad that we agree on Screaming Trees, because if we didn't, then I would punch you. I understand. Yeah. You won't punch me over Pearl Jam, which means that they're not your favorite band. Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 16, Melvin's Houdini. So that was like in the in the grunge era. It was 93. It was like right there. So that was a big deal. Yeah, yeah. I'm touching things. Yeah. Uh, 15, L7, who I got to see yeah, yeah. recently. Wasn't that, Courtney, wasn't that Courtney Love's band? No, that was no. called Hole. Oh, Hole. What yeah. was L7? Oh, L7, L7 was, was the other, like, tougher rock chicks. Yeah, they were more, they were, like, punk hardcore. I got to see them uh, probably three years ago, and they were incredible. Were they really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They do not give a fuck. Hole, hole was, yeah, Hole yeah. was Courtney Love's band. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Hole was, you know, it was. It was whatever. Like, Hole appealed to me because I'm female. Right. Whereas the rest of everybody's like, oh, yeah, hey, um, we're not you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 12. Oh, the L7 record was called Bricks Are Heavy. Uh, no, not 12. 14. We're talking Allison Chains, Facelift. Yep. 13. Nirvana, Bleach. 12. Okay. Odd. But okay. Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream. That's not crunch. No. That's just rock. Yeah, it's just rock. That's not crunch. I'm glad we agree on Smashing that. Smashing Pumpkins is not rock. It's crunch. just, yeah. yeah. Stone Temple Pilots 11 is core. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Should be higher. Uh, do you know what number 10 is? It's Pearl Jam. <laughs> Versus. Guess what? They came out around the same time. Nine. They did, and uh, whatever. It's mm-hmm. stupid. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're stupid. Seven Garden, <laughs> Super Unknown. Yep. Eight, Nirvana in Europe. Okay. Number seven, Temple of the Dog, the, the Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam. I know, I know. Mixture know. group. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was 1991. That's number seven. Number six, Allison Chains Dirt, like we had already previously listed. The one you did not get that was up there, Mud Honey, number five. Yeah. Super Fuzz, Big Muff. Yep, yep. Yep. And then Hole is number four, Live Through This. What? I know. They ranked above Soundgarden. Terrible. Or, and the, Terrible. I'm sorry, they ranked above. You know, that's uh, only because Violet. that's only because of her relationship. With I Paco think Lee. so too. I agree. But you know what? All right, whatever. That's where they put them. Yep. Okay, three Pearl Jam, ten, two Soundgarden, Bad and Motorfinger, number one Nirvana, never mind. Yeah, Nirvana, never mind's the number one album. It's got to be the number one album if you're talking about the grunge era and the number yeah. one grunge album. Yep. Like, come on. All right. So, what is today's equivalent? To grunge or the Seattle sound? Is there even one? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I did feel that swell of pride when Macklemore really made it. Mm-hmm. Because Macklemore's Washington. Mm-hmm. Macklemore, Ryan Lewis. Like, you got that Spokane. You got that kind of, like, Eastern Washington thing. He's referencing all stuff in Seattle. Like, it's like, yeah, it's fun. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. But is there something that could speak to what grunge is then versus now. No, no, I don't think so. And I think that part of it is because everything is corporatized. I think they even corporatized grunge they to did. a certain extent. Well, I mean, like Kurt Cobain told Rolling Stone in 1994, grunge is as potent a term as new wave. You can't get out of it. It's going to be passe. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what he means. Uh, yeah, because because everything at a certain point, once it becomes successful, it those dies. folks who um, profit off of success... Uh, without building it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Uh, end up taking advantage. Yeah. Right? And we live in that sort of society where um, you create something on your own, mm-hmm. and it's super original, mm-hmm. and it's totally organic to you, 
Um, and if it becomes successful, it's very difficult not to give in to the temptation of a different person who built nothing but can spread it to the masses. And that's how it'll always be. Like, with everything, like, if yeah. you are the original creator of something, there mm-hmm. will be people who follow you that kind of mimic exactly what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, and, you know, part of it is, like, you, you see the one side of it where you're like, would Nirvana be as big if they didn't sign a big record deal? Probably, Probably not. not. Probably yeah. not, right? They wouldn't have made it on Saturday Night Live, and they wouldn't have done any of those yeah. things. And and that, I think, or, or MTV, or any of those places, it did take somebody who didn't create the product, mm-hmm. but who was connected, and who like knew how to get the music out there, to like make it big. Yeah. Because, I mean, if Nirvana didn't do any of those things, if they didn't like go through Ticketmaster, if they didn't go through big venues, if they yeah. didn't sign to Geffen... Like they, they could have be been, big. They'd be, yeah, they'd they could have been like probably. regional, yeah. yeah. And if they were able to be big while being regional and while being small and kind of like we're going to be true right. to local business, but how do you do that? How do you do that? If like you they, have a million people buying a record, can one small company yeah. press a million CDs? No, no, they would be constantly out of press. I mean, like you just they wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. But even if like the music was bigger than the actual like supply. Would they have been able to make it? No. Probably not. I don't think so. And, like, I, I think in the early 90s, there's a potential, like, yeah, maybe, okay, maybe some some record companies could come together. Sub Pop could come in. You could get somebody from Oregon. You could get somebody from a different place that's kind of close. We might have to go as far as, like, California, Colorado. But really, like... Does it become what it does it become what it? It's not a juggernaut. No, today I don't think so. So there is something to be said for signing with a label that can get you out there and all that sort of different stuff. And then of course, if you make it big, every other label is going to look for somebody who sounds like you, just like you. And then they're gonna they're gonna uh, proliferate the market until people are tired of it. Yeah. And that gets to the last thing, which is when did grunge die? Was it the death of Kurt Cobain? Uh, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't. I think. I think. I think uh, his his death stopped the inspiration part of it, which yeah. was like he definitely inspired a lot of people. Like there couldn't be another band as good after that. Right. There were lots of kids growing up who looked at him, who felt disenfranchised, who felt alone, who felt bothered, and were following in his footsteps and they and and once he died he made no more music mm-hmm. and so their inspiration was gone yeah uh so i could see that piece of it grunge didn't die with kurt cobain uh it petered out the music industry yeah. was the one who petered well, it out and the thing yeah. is is that and we did too that yeah. was the thing is that grunge our tastes changed yeah, yeah. grunge was this sort of like grunge was a sort of like comet Mm-hmm. Right? Like, we felt a certain angst when we listened to it. We listened to it. It catered to the angst. And then we grew up. Yeah. Right? And then you made money. And then you yeah. were, like, working a job. And you were, and you were like... You had to be part of the corporate machine. Well, yeah. yeah. You had you had to live. Yeah. Right? And, 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 and there are still people today, and you see them, there are still people today who, like, say, fuck this and fuck that and fuck everybody and fuck the mainstream. Uh-huh. Those folks have maintained their grunge status. Yeah. But they also, like... You know, like, they haven't expanded their horizons beyond just that piece. So one could argue that they haven't actually grown, yeah, right? Like, yeah, Like, to a certain extent, to me, grunge begat uh, the sort of new metal, mm-hmm. which I know people 
sh- shit on it a little bit because sure. of the Limp Biscuits and the Kid Rocks of the world. But look, that that era produced that's where it came from. That era yeah. produced some good but bands. You also had that kind Kill of Switch Engage, Slipknot. Oh, those yeah. sort of bands. They they were they're good. They're yeah. they're solid artists, and they came and they from came that grunge from era. That era. They yeah. just adapted their sound. Yeah. So, like, when I was looking up, like, when did grunge die? There, There's a ton of commentary on the internet, of mm-hmm. course. Right. Everybody's got an opinion. So, was, like, some people say it was the rise of the greatest one-hit wonder of all time, which came between new metal mm, yeah, and yeah, grunge. Do yeah. you know what the greatest one-hit wonder of all time, according to the internet, is? You'll never fucking guess. I oh, know, I couldn't possibly Because, I mean, I can imagine that you would be like, oh, maybe Backstreet Boys, maybe Britney Spears. Chumba Wumba? Yeah, okay, right? Maybe right. something like that? Yeah. Hey, Macarena. Wow. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that yeah. was a one-hit wonder. That's true. Yeah, and it was, like, everywhere yeah, all the true. time. That's I true. mean, was there ever a baseball game you went to where somebody didn't, didn't hear that have shit? it? Yeah, right. come on. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, between those kinds of things, like, you're going to have that packaged pop and the weird mentor men who are like, hey, teenagers, I'm going to make something happen for you. Yeah, yeah, the Ron Perlman's of the world. Yeah. Yeah, it, yeah and, and, you know, the pop was an answer to grunge. Yes. Right? Like, yes, which is, of course, the right. answer that should have been happening. Right, right. because it's all going to, it's always going to happen, though, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. then in that, and then in that and moment. And then after New Metal, metal what became, was another answer? It right. was grunge or it was hip-hop. Right, right. right. And hip-hop today seems like, hip-hop and pop seem, I know that people think, Right now, it seems like that is the be all end all, right? Yeah. We we definitely but there's going to be a new thing, right? We definitely have the difference, of course, is today that everything is so right on your fingertips, yeah, that we can fractionalize or fractionalize ourselves better, yeah. So, like, you have people who are into hip hop, mm-hmm. people who are into pop, and people who are into country, yeah, right? And those seem right now to be the only things that are being made. And I, it's going to be tough to see how those things change mm-hmm. because the music industry seems to have been able to get a stranglehold on um, new things, yeah. right? Like, you, you, like if, it, if you're a hot new thing, you get swallowed by the music industry pretty fast. They grab yeah. you, they, they hype you, they put you on iTunes. And that's then what's they make so things like you. Yeah. yeah, that's what's so interesting about the iTunes era it, is that, like... You would think that iTunes democratizes music. Yeah. Right? Because you have the access you to can post so it. You, much more shit, music. We can, we can we post this podcast to podcasts, yeah, right? Like, yeah. it just is. And people yeah, can post their music. Yeah, we would have been music. able to make this in the 90s. Right. And people can post their stuff to Spotify and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. You would think that that has democratized music. Mm-hmm. But it hasn't. It seems like what has happened is big, giant musical corporations have been able to corner the market. Yeah. And they'll produce the things en masse that people will actually listen to. Mm-hmm. And that is what is the sad part about grunge dying. And I felt like we saw the last pieces of that sort of like independent ability at the end of the 90s. Yeah. And that is now gone because corporations, musical corporations, were able to figure out how to infiltrate that market. Yeah. And now everything's changed. It's true. It's very true. And so, should we end this podcast on a sad note? <laughs> no. What we, what I will say, <laughs> what I will say is that, like that music, 
at that time period is really like some of the coolest music that you'll ever listen to. It's really good. You listen to it today and you're still into it. I will listen to purple today. Yeah. I'll still think I would listen to purple today. Right. Like all those sort of different things. Like it's really cool. Mm -hmm. Like that music. I have a question for you. Yeah. If I got tickets to a Pearl Jam concert, would you go with me? Depends on how much alcohol you're going to buy me at the uh, Pearl Jam concert. Oh, so I'd buy you the ticket and the album. Yeah, I already told you they're in like my bottom five. I'm just saying. I'm just wondering. You just want to. So it would be, you would say no, depending on how much alcohol I'd buy you. That's it? What are we doing here? Is that where you go? You're going to make me get a. You're supposed to say yes, friend. I'll go with you to a concert, uh, yes. especially if you buy me a ticket and then. Yes, friend. I will go with you to Pearl Jam. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're going to take pictures. I'm going to take a lot of pictures of good, you. Good, good. We'll take a bunch of selfies. Good. It'll good, be great. Good. We'll be well, drunk as fuck, absolutely. but it'll be great. It'll be great. You're going to love it. All right. Well, that was this episode of liner notes talking about nirvana thanks everybody for listening like and subscribe share it with people all the usual crap bye bye